right. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. I want to welcome you to this week's Holistic Life podcast. I am your host, Shelby Frederick, also known as Lady Jewels, and we are broadcasting live from Columbus, Ohio. And we are on episode three of our Soul Construction series. Episode three of our Soul Construction series. Now, last week, we began to talk about and introduce the six seats of the soul that I wanted to bring in for this teaching. And last week, we talked about the seat of the emotions. This week, we are going to move into the seat of personality, the seat of personality. I want to start by looking at uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. And this is going to be one of a few scriptures that we are going to take a look at tonight um, in regards to uh, the seat of personality. Now, this is the King James and it reads, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Now, I want to start off really by defining personality. Let's define personality. Personality is defined as a characteristic way of thinking, feeling, and behaving. Personality embraces moods, attitudes, and opinions, and is most clearly expressed in interactions with other people. It includes behavioral characteristics, both inherent and acquired that distinguish one person from another and that can be observed in people's relations to the environment and to the social group. And this is the uh, Britannica.com definition of what personality is. So personality is basically a way of thinking. It's a characteristic way of how we think, how we feel, and also how we behave. Now, last week, we began to define soul from the Vine's Concise Dictionary of the Bible. And one of the the, uh, Hebrew word for it was nefesh, meaning soul or life, uh, creature, person, or appetite. Hold on one second here. There we go. Now, when we look at um, when we look at the the appetite, the mind, the living being, a desire, our passion, um, it also in the Greek means suke, suke, and suke means breath of life. So, in order for us to understand why we do what we do. It's important for us, it's important for us to have the foundation of us knowing uh, who we are. So as I always say, that man is a spirit, regardless of whether your spirit man is regenerated or not. So whether or not you are a, a born again believer, you still have a spirit. So every man has a spirit. Every man is spirit who has a soul. 
the soul comprised of the mind, the will, and the emotions. And the spirit and the soul lives in a body. And our body is what manifests the actions of the spirit and the soul. So we talked about our spirit being our uh, the container um, and our soul being the soil that is inside of our container. And inside of our soul, we have these different seats. We have the seats that are, are really come from the mind, the will, and the emotions. Now, when we look at the seat of personality, this is good right here. The seat of personality, there are several things that we must consider. We cannot effectively look at the seat of personality apart from our environment and apart from our social group. These two factors can have a major impact on any particular seat, but especially for those whose spirit have not been regenerated. Okay? So let's take a look again at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. We're going to break this down a little bit. So it reads, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Now, when we look at the seat of the personality, we have the, the personality. This is the seat of feelings, desires, um, effects, emotions, our aversion. So the things of our heart, the things that comprise and come from our soul. Now, we have Christ. We know that Christ is the hope and he is the anchor of our soul. Christ is our hope, but he is also the anchor of our soul. He can be relied upon. He is true. He is suited to confirm his position, which his position is that as Lord over our life. We submit to him as Lord. We submit to him because he's our, our savior. Okay. So now what we see here is that he has a position and he has a function. So Christ has a position and he has a function when it comes to talking about having the seat of personality and having the, the, the seat over our entire soul. So when we align our personality with the character of God, we come into life. We now come into being uh, born again, uh, regenerated in his image. His thoughts come to our mind. Thus, our personality reflects the character and the nature of God, regardless of the environment and regardless of the social group that we are in. Lori, do you have a question? If so, you can unmute yourself. And if not, we can we'll we'll continue on. Okay. Now, our personality should not be moved based upon the environment. I'll say that again. Our personality 
which means that our, our character, we have defined it as the way that we think, the way that we feel, and the way that we behave. So our personality should not be shifted based upon the environment or even the social group that we are in. We should not move from having the character and the nature of Christ. In fact, just the opposite should happen. We should influence every environment that we come into contact with. So we are, we are now the, the influencers. And uh, and when we are going into different places, when we are in different relationships with people, our personality should not change. And it definitely should not change and shift into a place where we are not reflecting the nature of God. And we're going to talk um, even more about that. So when we talk about this um, personality, every thought that enters into our mind begins to impregnate the soil of our soul. Remember, the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. So every thought that comes into our mind, it begins to impregnate the soil of our soul. And it doesn't matter whether it's a good thought or it's a bad thought. Every thought becomes seated. Every thought becomes filtered now through this seat of our personality. Something, something to think about. Turn with me to Hebrews uh, chapter four. Hebrews chapter four, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10 verse 39. Hebrews 10 verse 39. Now this states that But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. To the saving of the soul. Now, once we are saved, we have to realize and have an understanding that we enter into the kingdom. We know that when Christ died that the veil was rent, so there is no longer this separation between God and man, that we no longer need a, a priest to, to, uh, to go to God on our behalf. We, we don't need anyone to make uh, sacrifices you know, for sins um, on our behalf. We now can approach the throne of grace you know, with, uh, that with, uh, with boldness, that we can boldly become. Now, that doesn't mean that you come any old kind of way. Because there is a way that we enter into the holies of holies. But the access is there. Now, when we go beyond the veil, that means that we now, we can't begin to shrink back into old ways of thinking, old ways of feeling, and old ways of behaving. All of those ways are destructive. And this is why it becomes imperative for us to go through Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It's important for us to renew our minds. Mind renewal is what brings transformation. So we know that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So even though things become new, once we become saved, once we come into the kingdom, we still have residue. 
We sometimes still have doors that are open. We sometimes still have things that are sitting upon the seat of our soul that we now have to walk out through in process. We have to walk out through with with a, a deliverance, okay? We have to walk through being healed of some of the things that have caused emotional trauma and, and, and emotional scarring. And, and as I talked about a couple weeks ago, things that we have even caused soul abuse to happen within our very soul. So it becomes imperative that we renew our mind so that our personality does not become a hindrance in our life. See, if personality is relational, we all know that sometimes we have some people that we just don't relate to. Their personalities can really kind of rub us the wrong way. And oftentimes, it's because there is something else that is sitting upon the seat of their personality. There are things that are sitting upon the seat of their soul. And everything that we go through in life now becomes filtered through our soul. The way that we think, the way that we behave, and the way that we feel, it now has to filter filter through and now if there is not we all know what um and this is so this is so interesting to me that I'm literally like seeing this we all know the purpose of a filter is what it acts as a strain to catch uh dirt and and in particles um it uh, the filter acts like a um it's like a, a purifier Okay, and it prevents um, the impurities from entering into a place that is clean. Come on now. And so, what happens is, even when we become saved, and in, even when we get saved, um, we still have to go through the process of being uh, filled with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. So this is why it is important that when you get saved, that you immediately begin seeking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit has been left as a comforter. The Holy Spirit is left as a guide. We follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so what the Holy Spirit now becomes is like this filter. And we all know what happens. A thought comes to your mind, you may see something, you may have an exchange or um, an encounter with someone and their personality rubs you the wrong way. And sometimes you may want to say something, but you know, you have that thing inside of you that won't allow you to say it. Sometimes you may want to clap back at a person or individual because of something that they have said or something that they have done, but you have something that is holding your filter. You have something that is keeping restraints upon you from uh, clapping back and, and going off and giving them a piece of your mind. This is what we are talking about. So this is why it is important for us to have an understanding that we have things that are sitting upon the seats of our soul, upon the seat of our mind, the seat of our will, the seat of our emotions, upon the seat of our personality that impacts the way that we have relationship with others. 
my God. So, when we look at our personality, we don't want our personality to become a hindrance in our life. Just think about it. Bad moods uh, for or having a, a bad personality for a believer can become a stumbling block and especially a stumbling block to those that are already in darkness. Because if we are supposed to be the light, and we are, but if we are allowing our, our emotions to cast out darkness, if we are not allowing the impurities to be filtered through Holy Spirit from out of our life, then guess what? We can become a very stumbling block to those that we are supposed to be drawing to Christ. So think about bad moods, judgmental attitudes, critical opinions, just being critical, they all impact the seat of our personality. And when the soil has not been tilled through the word of God, now the word of God becomes of no effect. What effect is that having when people are trying to grab a hold to that which we are supposed to be sharing to draw people into Christ, but it's it's littered with impurities. It's littered with bad emotions. My God, help us today. So if Christ is not the anchor of our soul, our personality produces bad character. <laughs> If Christ is not the anchor of our soul, that means that your soul is just, it just can be drifting. If you don't have no roots in the word, my God, no roots in the word, you know, no roots uh, uh, or your roots are shallow. Um, if, if you've got uh, weeds and stuff that are, that's growing up in, inside of the soil of your soul, if you got weeds that are growing up, my God, that's choking out the word, that's choking out that which is supposed to to cause us to grow, my God, help us today. So, people who have a bad personality have an alternative ruler sitting upon the seat of their soul. My God. You now have some other type of idol, which it most of the time breaks down to uh, our own self-will. That self that still that we have not crucified. That that self <laughs> that that you know just want to. It is what it is. Mm-mm, I talked about that last week. No, it, it's sometimes it's not what it is. And we need Holy Spirit to really help us. Help us because it's, 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 it's killing us. How are we growing? How are we making disciples? Who, who are we able to reach? If we have some other alternative ruler sitting upon the seat of our personality. Oh my gosh. You know how it is. We say, well, that's just the way that I am. Is it really? Not if you mean, not if you hateful. Not if you're full of jealousy. Come on, let's talk about all of that. That's not who you are. 
And people who say that, and they are not displaying the character and the nature of Christ, the character and the nature of God, those people don't know their IPPS. They don't know their identity. They don't know their position as a son of God. They don't know their purpose, why they were sent here, and they don't know their significance in the earth. My Lord, help us today. So, oftentimes that alternative ruler can also be tied to unresolved emotional trauma or mental instability. That alternative ruler can also be tied to emotional trauma or mental instability. So the convicting evidence of Christ sitting on the seat of your personality is the very expression of his nature through our personality. Our seat has already been purchased by Christ. He already purchased it. He already paid the price. So why would we want to go back to a defeated way of living? Why would we want to go back to defeated way of feeling and thinking and behaving? In Christ, we have to know that our soul is preserved, that he preserves our soul. And when Christ is not sitting upon the seat of our personality, we express ourselves out of the thoughts, the feelings, and the behaviors of the old man. So what is the personality of Christ? What is the personality of Christ? Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10. Isaiah 53, verse 10. So again, I just want to give us the definition of personality. Personality is a characteristic way of thinking, feeling, and behaving. Personality, it embraces moods, attitudes, and opinions, and is most clearly expressed in our interactions with other people. So it also includes behavioral characteristics, both inherent and acquired. So characteristics that are already inherent, that are already a part of our DNA, because we are what? We are spirit. We are created in their image, okay? And their likeness, okay? So, when we have that, um, and it's also what distinguishes us from one person from another, and that can be observed, again, in people's relationships to the environment and the social group. Now, Isaiah 53.10 says that, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So Jesus became the offering for the seat of our personality. He already paid the price. He already is the offering. He was already uh, a a sacrifice. He became that sacrificial lamb for us. He already compensated 
for every negative feeling, every negative thought, every negative behavior with his life. So why would we crucify Christ again? Why do we take a position that's already been paid for? That position and that seat upon our soul has already been paid for by Christ. So again, why do we continue to say, well, that's just who I am? It's not who you are if you are not operating in the image and the likeness of God and Christ. That's not the personality of Christ when we make that statement. It absolutely is not. Now, there's a difference between crucifying Christ again and crucifying our flesh. And we must not confuse the two. Crucifying Christ has to do with the position we assume as if we can save ourselves. We can't save ourselves. But that's the position that we take when we crucify Christ again. I can do this myself. When we, when we allow that self, 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 self to get in the way. This is why we talked about our self-life. We have to reckon our self-life dead. We have to reckon the old man dead and fully step into being that new creature in Christ. Now, crucifying Christ is living apart from Christ, my God, but expecting to reap the benefits without the personal sacrifice. (laughs) We crucify Christ when we try to live apart from Christ, but expecting to reap the benefits of the crucifixion and his resurrection power, come on now, and his being seated in the right hand of the Father, without making the personal sacrifice of picking up our own personal cross. That's crucifying Christ. So, (laughs) I have to ask again, what is the personality of Christ? Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 6. And this says, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. The personality of Christ is his testimony. And his testimony speaks of one who gave. What did he give? He gave us a gift. The gift of eternal life. He supplied us and he furnished us with all the necessary things that we would ever need. My God, he gave everything of himself. He gave us a master of our soul and every seat to be occupied by him. Only Christ could do that. He gave of himself because we already belonged to him. <laughs> he returned us to our rightful position. 
Our identity, he returned. Our position, he returned. Our purpose, he returned. Our significance, he returned. And not only did he return it to us, but then he commissioned us. He gave us a commission. So everything that he gave us was to be testified, not of who we are, because it's not about us, but who he is in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory. There should be evidence, my God, of Christ through our personality. This does not mean that we are clones of each other, but the expression of Christ in our thoughts, in our feelings, in our behavior, our relationships that we have with with one another, the social groups, everything about us should testify of him being the seat of our soul, of him being in the seat of our personality because this is the one that we're talking about on tonight. So when Christ is the center, everything about our personality will always point to him. Everything about our personality will always point to Christ. Now, how how is that? I thought that I was going to kind of end here, but I was taking a a rest before starting the podcast and the Lord reminded me of something about the personality. The personality, um, I know that you you wonder, okay, well, Shelby, you know, well, what does does this look like? What what, what does this look like? What does this evidence look like? What is it that, that he gave us? They gave us, God gave us the fruit of the spirit. Yes, the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5, 22 through 26. Galatians 5, 22 through 26. It says, but the fruit of the spirit, which is the result of his presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such things there is no law and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature my God together with its passions and appetites if we claim to live by the Holy Spirit We must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage. Our conduct empowered by Holy Spirit. We must not become conceited, challenging, or provoking one another, envying one another. This is what our personality should be testifying of. We have to allow the fruit of the spirit to grow up in and through our personality. The fruit of the spirit 
which comes from, it tells us that it comes from what? It comes from being in his presence. The fruit of the spirit come from God. The fruit of the spirit must come up from out of our spirit into our soul and through our personality so that others can experience and see God, see Christ in our life. Up, in, and through the fruit of the Spirit. Ha! The fruit of the Spirit. The first three, love, joy, and peace. I call those the threefold elements of character. Love, joy, and peace. All three of these deal with our personal relationship with God, which is the source of life. We know that God is love. God is love. The commandment that Christ left was that was what? Love thy neighbor as yourself. Love thy God. Mm -hmm. All that part. Everything flows from love. They cannot be labeled as duties or virtues. Simply, simply, but simply they flow out of our personal communion with God. Love is the foundation for all other fruit to follow. All other fruit must follow love. If we want our lives to correspond more closely to the spirit that inspires them, we must cultivate, use, and obey God. And we do that through Holy Spirit. We do it through Holy Spirit. We want God to transmit his godly divine qualities right up in the middle of us, right up in our soul. Mm -hmm. We want the fruit of the spirit to be planted in the well of our soul or in the soil of our soul. We want a fresh infusion of his divine qualities into our lives where we have encountered soul fractures, come on now, due to the conditions of life. We want God's divine qualities transmitted right up into our personality. Now, once Holy Spirit starts to try and manifest these qualities up into your personality, you try to move and, 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 and allow it to begin to now work into your mind, to now work into your will, to now work into your emotions. Then every fruit will be his fruit and not ours. We will experience an intensity in our inner being that makes it much easier to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of our flesh. This process of growing up into our soul through the Holy Spirit, we call it sanctification. Sanctification. My God. 
something to think about. Something to think about. I'm not going to go into all of the others because um, that's actually another teaching that I do on the fruit of, of the spirit. But the Lord wanted me to interject that. And it was so, it was so, um, so profound and it, it was so perfect for this very, this very moment of what we are talking about. So, huh. Just to ask a few questions, I'm going to go ahead and transition into our our Q&A period to, um, I guess uh, the first question that I want to ask, and I'm going to kind of go into, uh, I'm not even going to go into all of these tonight, but how do I maintain a clear seat? How can I ensure that the seat of my soul remains clear and I believe I just gave you the answer for that by the fruit of the spirit and notice I'll have to say this it's fruit not fruits it's all one fruit it's not multiple it's one it's fruit of the spirit singular one fruit and it leads with love joy and peace again because that's the threefold elements of character so if we can't do the one commandment that God left us we're going to struggle with doing all of the others if if you're not loving you're going to have a hard time being patient with others you're going to have a a hard time being long suffering with others if you can't love like God loves. But again, that's all a part and it all ties into our personality. What have you allowed? This is another question. What have you allowed to pass through the curtain of your personality? Remember, we talked about the curtain or the veil. What have you allowed to to follow you in? What is still attached to you? Mm. The other question is, what is your soul anchored to? What is your soul anchored to? How do I know what has left a trail in my soul? I know what has left a trail in my soul. Mm. How can I identify dysfunctional emotions when dysfunction seems normal? When all you've ever known was dysfunction. Do you know how to identify dysfunctional emotions that are lodged in your soul? 
dysfunctional emotions that are sitting upon the seat of your emotions, sitting upon the seat of your personality. Hmm. Something to think about on tonight. So as you reflect upon all that you have heard and those things that you have penned for your own personal review, what do you believe that God has revealed to you on tonight about your soul? What has he revealed to you tonight about your soul? Ask yourself, am am I ready to accept this soul construction challenge? Am I ready for some things to be uprooted and torn down, Hmm. thrown down in order so that I can be built up and not only built up, but planted, replanted, resoiled, what's in the soil of our soul what still needs to be tealed in the garden of my soul so if your answer is yes then I want to invite you back on next Tuesday evening at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time and there's going to be a part three because I initially thought that I was going to get through Um, all of the six seats of the soul. And the Lord said, no. He said, don't rush it. He said, I really want you to take your time in breaking down um, some of these different seats so so that you can really, really think and really begin to meditate on what's going on what's going on in some areas that God really wants to to deal with um, in this hour, in this hour. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually transition here um, and I'm going to do my closing. uh, And then I want you guys that are on the Zoom to stay on with me for a moment and uh, we can chat and have a little dialogue. So I want to thank you all for joining me for this week's A Holistic Life podcast uh, with your host, Shelby Frederick, also known as Lady Jewels. Um, Be sure to visit our website at www.jewelsofwellness.net for ministry updates, classes, and resources. If you would like to schedule a consultation, you can always use uh, the book now button. Um, Have a good night and we shall catch you on the airwaves and we will see you on next week. Bye-bye.